0: Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing.
1: Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork.
0: Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Coming to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Raiders number one fan forum online. Get online and get arguing. It's fantastic. No, you don't
1: have to get arguing. You don't have to
0: argue. Yeah, you do. You can constructively... Look, I have seen a lot of these things online on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook's where people argue. Facebook and Twitter and on the forums. And the whole basis of these things seem to be not being able to spell...
1: That's Not be able to know
0: the difference between your, your, and your, and there and there.
1: Croker and Crocker. Yeah, Croker and Crocker, <laughs> Cronker. Yeah, you've got to be able to get that right. Cronker's
0: the NRL. you got to be able to use the word champ and use it properly. And you've got to be tell someone to settle down, princess. Um, all sorts of things. Uh you got to, A, decide that your side is a pack of losers and it's all going wrong and then stand by your side 100% and say you're an idiot, you should stand by your side no matter what. You're not a real fan. No, you're not a real fan. Um, that's the thing. So, you know, you've got to argue. That's the way to go. Anyway, dubious support of the greenhouse. Totally,
1: man, totally. Totally,
0: totally. Don't freaking come at me with that. <laughs> um, uh, also, with the Kish Money sponsorship of Land Speed Records, come in and get your LPs, your CDs, your T-shirts, your high-fashion clothing.
1: Um, your this, uh, reusable face masks. That's reusable what we've been, face masks. We'll be selling a lot of um, yeah. fabric reusable face masks. From people who love the Raiders as much as
0: you do. And we are coming to you from the filthiest storeroom, hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the slightly, location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No, but slightly less filthy this week. Yeah, slightly. I'm not quite sure what, what happened. Anyway, anyway, maybe the rats have carried some stuff off. Maybe they got sick of it and started gone, cleaning. Man. The rats are gone. You think they're gone, but they're not gone.
1: So, the Panthers lost. Before we get to the Panthers' loss, yes. um, we were away last week. We didn't get to do the show. We you were on Death Store. I was. You sent me a photo. You're looking much, much better this week. I got to say. No, I feel I'm a lot better. You're looking, this looking week. a lot better than that photo that you sent to me last week. It was a selfie of you on your deathbed, which you wanted to post online. I said yes. no. I, I, I I have well, some pride, not you, much. You, but you, some. <laughs> <laughs> you you threatened to call in your lawyers. I did, and on the wake of you know having a lot of heat from Anthony Siebold's lawyers this week, Indeed. I thought oh, I better I better back off. You did. I don't Adam, want to face it, the porks. Did. I can't fight two legal on, battles all, all, the, all the front. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but, you know, I hope you've got evidence to back up your claims about. But Siebold's you, did, you
1: looked you looked really unwell. In fact, you looked so unwell, I thought you might make it. And so I was prepared. You know, the show must go on. It must go on as much as it'd be sad see Blake and the pork without the pork mm. um, I was prepared yeah, to move on I, I put a call out for um, potential replacements and we were, we got a lot of responses got a lot of responses we did in fact there was a Twitter poll yep. conducted with over 150 um, people voting in the poll it, it and, was... and, and it was neck and neck they were between mainly between Dan of the Sportress yep. and uh, John Sharkey the third or yep. fourth whichever one he is currently yep. um, to take over and in the end John Sharkey Got the, got the nod so yeah, at some... I, look I think that was fixed
0: I think that was fixed I mean clearly if you're reading Dan's from the sports stuff you, you know whose opinion you know you
1: probably <laughs> yeah but John Sharkey I think he was able to call on some of his, his overseas followers yeah. you know he's, and he's got he's from America and he's got a lot of reach to the American market which could be big for Blake in the book. it could be big you know for there's Blake a lot of people, people in America looking for they're interested in NRL this year and yeah, they they're looking for a team and you know why not get behind the people's team
0: that is we are the team of the people you know, if you ride a bus, we're the one for you because we ride buses. That's what we do these days. Anyway, congratulations to John Sharkey III. Uh, you will be the the uh, the new replacement. So, um, henceforth, you know, when I do eventually die, it will be a Raiders review with Blake and the Shark. Um, that flows, it flows. It does, Raiders review with Blake and the Shark. <laughs> uh, I contacted Dennis Carnahan, he's not happy about having to redo the music. All right. So, we're just going to beep out the. Well, the, the good thing
1: about John Sharkey is he's actually a musician, so he could probably just redo his own thing.
0: Oh really? Yeah. As good as Dennis's. Yeah. I don't think that's right. I don't I don't think it's right <laughs> you, you, you're saying that Dennis's work could
1: be done by just anybody. It's not anybody. I mean there's clearly there's only one number one rugby league novelty songwriter in Australia, it's that's Dennis. Right. It is Dennis. It is Dennis. And hats off to you Dennis. You know you're wonderful, and anyone- he's, he's overtaken those two blokes on, um, on yeah, Ray yeah. Hadley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he has. and anyone who actually wants to hear Dennis uh, go step outside the, the musical genre and hear a bit more of his podcast, uh, tune into the uh, fire up on FBI podcast. He's a he's fixture a on it these days. He's yeah, a fixture yeah. and uh, very entertaining podcast. No, very I, I recommend it to you. Um, very good laugh. Also listened to pretty much religiously by most of the uh, on-ground officials as well. I, I have it on good authority. But the, the Panthers' loss, it hurts.
1: It does. You know, I, I think about the first half of that game, and look, the Panthers definitely are the real deal, aren't they? They yeah. are the real deal. They, that was after, at the start of the year, I thought, you know, um, Cleary was, was the, the younger Cleary. Mm. Uh, Nathan was potentially the most overrated player in the game. Well, cl- he's not. Clearly, clearly he's clearly not. not. Clearly, he's not. Some of the options here where he's going to the line, and you know, the, the, they didn't know whether he was going to run, pass, A kick. kick. He yeah. had every option open to him, and he them into the full. Uh, I think of that game, and I think that I haven't seen as, you know, at the end of the first half of team, well, clearly they were too good. And that sort of reminded me of when you'd come up against Melbourne Storm yeah. at their very best, yeah. when they had Slater, when they had Inglis, when they had everyone firing, yeah. just going, well, they're just on another level. And it, it did feel a bit like that. I mean, it was good that we came back. We didn't give up. We came back. Mm. Um, we got a couple of tries in the second half. Purely through the just the single minded determination of CNK, yeah, through so the single minded determination of CNK. And wasn't that lovely to see?
0: NK. but, but yeah, <laughs> but look, you know, this it's 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 we lost the battle, you know, we lost the battle, but the war isn't over, exactly. Yet. So uh, and like it, was, butt- it was a great second half, um, and there were a few players who could definitely lift from that, um. It is notable that Chance was pretty much the clear uh, player of the match. And, and C&K, um, there is a $10 gift voucher for you underneath the front desk at Landspeed Records when you want to come and get it, as you are... Who knows,
1: maybe one day someone will show up and actually... <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're behind the desk there. So when you come, they're building up. there's two for you,
0: c There's one for you, Dynama's. Um So come in and get them. Um, they'll be on it. Um, but I think the travel's coming home to roost. Yeah, definitely. I think sitting on that bus is coming home. And I was thinking to myself, when you travel around as a youngster, you know, as we both were once, and you go to Thailand, um, and you have a tendency to catch buses to places because they're cheaper, you, you make this mistake once and only once, and you catch what's called the Econ Aircon bus in Thailand from Bangkok down to, you know, whether you're going to Patang or whether you're going to Krabi or whether you're going yeah. you know, whatever. And you make that mistake only once because these are basically, you know, Engines on wheels with a ba- basic cage around it where you are shoved in for 10 to 12 hours on this bus going down rickety roads where you're eating your knees, you're uncomfortable as all hell. They pull you over and feed you at places where basically you're going to be lucky if you don't die from what you eat.
1: And I cent- actually thought that the standard of truck stop food in um, Thailand is superior to Australia, but that's a... Perhaps, but, but
0: <laughs> look, I, I am travelling back into the early 90s now. Um, and as soon as I got off that bus at Crabby, uh, as it was, I walked straight into the nearest booking agency, and for the return trip, I booked what was called the 20-seater VIP bus. It cost me all of 10 Australian dollars extra to do it. There was 20 seats. They completely reclined. You could sleep. The food was good. We had two hostesses going up and down the aisles. you get up and walk around, and there were two toilets, and they both had exhaust fans that actually worked and were kept clean by said hostesses, and it was luxury. I am suggesting that the Raiders need to get not just one bus, but they need to get those VIP buses. We need them to be travelling in places where they can walk, where they can recline properly, where it's not sitting on a bus for three hours with yeah. one hour getting off and doing it. The standard Murray's coach, something. We need to look at, if that's the if that's the state And there's nothing to say that 2021 is not going to be the same. Yeah. And at this stage, what we need... And I know the Murray's people well, out there,
1: great long-term supporters of the Canberra Raiders, massive supporters. I think that there was some talk years ago, reading some article, that they had something... Along those lines. Yeah. Well, I think that the because the you, is, in in America when bands tour, they have those tour buses and they sleep in, they live yeah, yeah. in, and then it's yeah, it's not just like cramming into a cage. It's, it's time for us to get those buses so the boys can be having massages on the
0: buses, so they can be walking up and down the aisles on those buses, obviously just to get from one to the other. You know, like you're in an omnibus, so you need to be seated with your seat belt on. But so if you needed to move around briefly to get to another seat, you could. We need to be thinking outside the box, and if we're going to be stuck in this paradigm.
1: So when you're getting a massage, yeah, yeah. So you presumably you're strapped down. You to that strapped mass- <laughs> <to the> Massage <laughs> just, right. just hope Paul Langmack doesn't turn up and do some massaging. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that's the general hope of any person who sees Paul Langmack. But um, do you remember you know. that? You remember the, so, the final straw, him getting sacked from the West Tigers as coach? Oh, I thought it was something to do with Owen Craigie and a racist comment that he made. Oh, there was apparently there was he used to get involved on the massages when the players went looking here. To here. He'd take over the massages. And no. <laughs> do some do some inappropriate maybe that's where John Hoppowdy got the inspiration. Oh that's that's very bad. <laughs> no. My my
0: recollection was he made a rather racist comment about Oh i Craigie and that was the end of it. Yeah. Um oh. and not something do, you know, uh you know we're we equal opportunity here, you know, everyone dislikes us, don't they, Blake? That's easy. But yeah, the travel's coming under us. I think we need to be thinking about how we do that travel inside. Think such outside way. the bus. Yeah, think outside so well, think inside the bus. <laughs> I think Mr. Murray's we need two buses and we need them done so they're actually easy to move around. You know, maybe we've got vibrating massage chairs or something like that. But really, you know, maybe we put them on oxygen while they're on the buses. You know, a few years ago calf's like, blood, transfusions along those lines, EPO. Oh, no, did I say that? <laughs> I think that <laughs> you know. <laughs> maybe get Lance Armstrong is uh, but anyway. Consultant. But, you know, like, so the loss wasn't fantastic, but they did come back in the second half. It, it was a gritty effort, and they went better in. But there's, there's been a few things uh, that have made me a little bit annoyed, Blake. In fact, you could say they grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Is this going to be the same thing I was going to have for Blake on the burst? Well, what were you going to have for Blake on the burst? Nathan Cleary? No, no. Ivan Cleary? Uh, no, no, wasn't that <laughs> okay. one. Taking out the kicker going unpunished. Now we've been oh, talking yeah. for weeks about Jack Whiten being taken down to ground. Every they are doing time it to George Williams as well. Without any, the, every single time he's taken down, miles after the ball's yeah. there. Sometimes we're getting a penalty, but it's happening one time in twenty that's actually happening. You know, and every time they're pulling him to ground,
1: it's and it was one of those rules that they started really cracking down on contact on the kickers. Probably I don't know if it was yeah. like four or five years ago, but they seem to be. Easing off on it a bit, yeah. And well, right now they're, they're not concentrating on it, and no. it's like, okay, have you brought that kicker down to ground? Is this, have is, you brought that player down to ground unnecessarily? Is this a? Um, I mean, there's there's ways around it, but is this a result of having the one referee in that maybe before one referee would watch the kicker after the ball was kicked, whereas the other referee would watch where the ball's going? Maybe the I the, think it's because the, they don't give a shit. Partially, but I mean, there's, there's still the touch judges there, and there's still there are, the but I also again don't think they give a shit. And I, I personally think the
0: way to get around it, because if you've actually taken someone down without the ball, like, and you're not allowed to tackle a player without the ball, if the ball has long since gone and you are still pulling them to the ground, one possible way of dealing with that is everyone on that team who's had the player pulled down, stops, puts their hands up in the air and stops. Because at that stage, the opponents get the ball, run to the other end, score, and you can actually challenge it and say, we have had a defender
1: yeah, without you're, the you're ball, th-
0: because technically it is 100% <laughs> right. We have had a person brought to ground and unable to tackle. We have had an infraction done. And because you've actually gone to a try at the other end, you are able to challenge. And to
1: the letter of the law, you have had a
0: defender taken out without the ball. I know
1: what you're saying, but you look pretty silly if you stopped and they went and scored down the other end and said, we we're challenging that, and they said, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, ahead. yeah but <laughs> the NRL would have to see the bigger issue in that at, at the time where they actually look and say, they're technically right.
0: They're completely technically this could right. Be,
1: this could be a battle for one of the teams like the Titans or the Warriors. Or That's right. To, to, I see, to, to wage when because... When Ryan
0: Sutton ran through the other day when, and stopped the Dynamis-Louis great pass for that try to Elliot yeah. Whitehead, that defender was never going to get involved, wasn't going to have the opportunity to get across. What they were saying was, you have still broken the rules. And when he got... Um, penalised later in that second half for running through, they knew that defender wasn't taken out of the defence. No try had been scored for it. They were calling a penalty because a defender had been taken out without the ball. Like someone had been brought to ground or impeded completely unnecessarily. Now, they're doing it to Ryan Sutton on two occasions and they do it to other people who do that going into the line, but they're not doing it when they're actually taking down a person who's making the kick who can run other players on side and is a proven person who chases the kicks and holds people down and then not enforcing that action so there has to be a point where you say okay well if you're not doing that if you're not enforcing that action how do we get around actually making that a point do we have people like when he's kicking running in front of him literally like a gridiron blocker because he's clearly going for a kick. He's not running the ball. So it's yeah. not an obstruction in that sense. I heard one
1: of the commentators talk about that, but then, yeah, I don't know. It's like then...
0: But do you do that?
1: Do you have a person on either side of Whiten that's literally you can't coming do the, you through? that. you can't do that off... That's what they used to do when people took drop kicks in your own golden point. But then no, you that's... Do that that's like, no, no, I'm not talking about setting up a Bring wall. Bring back the wall. I'm not Bring talking the about Paramount setting up a wall
0: because that in itself stops Jack Whiten chasing and running. yeah. What you have is the situation
1: where someone's running through and if they're coming at them, you literally just throw yourself at that person. Well, I'm sure that Ricky Stewart is on the coach to Annesley or whoever. Is it Graham Annesley, the referee's boss again? Who's the referee's uh, boss? I don't know what shill in particular is representing. Anyway, know, I'm NRLs, sure he that just... he's on the phone saying, he, Jack's getting taken and tackled every time. Yeah. you got to be on this. But
0: Jared Sutton, nominally the best referee in the game. And every single time,
1: every single time,
0: Whiten kicked the ball last week. He was brought to ground. It didn't matter oh, how long after the ball had left. And we were talking in some cases the ball had bounced yeah. 40 metres away Clearly, and someone was bringing him to Clearly, coaches ground. are telling players their players to do it. Well, so and, it's but it's record. clear that it's been done. And it grinds my gears that nothing's been done about it. But the other thing that grinds my gears, and there's another thing that really grinds my gears, and I think this will touch a note with all Raiders supporters who were watching the match last Saturday night. and Asta. What an ass clown is he? In <laughs> fact, the worst? I think I'd rather listen to full dementia Rex Mossop than Brayden Master. At least he's entertaining. He's entertaining. <laughs> Brayden Master, A doesn't seem to know what's happening in front of him. Gets his facts wrong. Not sometimes. All the freaking time. This is the bloke last year, halfway through the season, was talking about the
1: Raiders having one of the biggest packs in the league when it was clearly known. Yeah, I wonder we had but, one of the smallest. And I know, most but, but I, and, I, I thought that was going to happen when that. Because that was, you know how the, there's this sort of these cliches that commentators go on, the Raiders have yeah. a big pack. And I knew that even though we'd slim down, someone would say it. Of course it was Brayton Asik. The guy is an absolute moron. He is a moron, but this
0: is the thing. There's a bloke called Aaron Wallace, and you should follow him on Twitter. He's at uh, Wally Screw, I believe. And he's the Fox Sports Statistician. And we've hung out a bit because, you know, I've done me some stats in my time from the ABC. Um, for every single match, he prepares, he prepares religiously and brilliantly, these like eight, nine-page stats previews for both sides and everything, and it shows the pack weights in them and where they're at. He shows all these details. Now, he goes all this effort, and if Braith does read it, he doesn't understand it. But I'll tell you, when you go pre-match in the thing, you'll see the lights of Warren Smith and Andrew Voss... Well, of course. And, it's and, a, and, they get their talking and points. ...and Speed going through these things with a fine-tooth comb. They read the entire thing. I have seen... Alexander read those things. And I know he annoys us a lot, but at least he he's knows he's... not what a complete is. idiot. He's not a complete idiot. He's not a complete idiot. Steve Roach I've seen reading these things. I have never seen Brayton Astor doing it, and he was so irritating. I, it wasn't just because we were losing. There was a large part of that. But he was so irritating in his commentary that I just had to turn it down. It wasn't even funny anymore. It was just like, oh... You're a pillock. You're an okay football player, but you are one of the worst commentators around. I, like I don't it. know how. I don't know how. In
1: all the, the is he the working cuts, for free? Yeah, in all in all the cuts at Fox Sports and the various people. He made
0: the cut. Yeah, I mean, and I mean,
1: and you've got people like who I know they're back in the studio, but people like Ennis and Cooper Cronk. Who Ennis, who we now all love, and Cooper Cronk, who we still don't like. Yeah. But at least they offer some sort of in-depth analysis or something. They yeah. they point out things that we wouldn't see. Yeah. Whereas. Braith points out things that just weren't there or... Or are just completely and utterly wrong yeah. or
0: don't need to be said. It's just, ah. Oh. Anyway, it, it grinds my gears. Anyway, you, you've
1: had some things that have annoyed you. In fact, they might
0: have made you go, on the burst!
1: Well, I guess that Nathan Cleary coming out and saying... I just did it again. Ivan Cleary coming out and saying that um, the Raiders were somehow trying to be managed into the game in the second half. Just sort of begged of belief. I mean, anyone that listens to this show, any you talk to any Raiders fan, you would know that the NRL is totally out to get us, as are the referees. Why would they all of a sudden, midway through a game against the Panthers, decide to do us a favour? They've never done us a favour, ever. No. No, they have not. Me and my friends used to have a joke that in their video referee, there were three buttons... Yeah, uh, try, no try and Raiders button. And that is <laughs> would hit Raiders button, which automatically defaulted to no try, yeah. no matter how. No, no try raider. penalty opposition.
0: Yeah. Sin <laughs> bin, And look, that's the other thing, right? There were some burks online when Naden coat-hanged Croker, Right. Croker, to his credit, in spite of the fact he got completely coat-hanging, and had he stayed down and acted it out and said, I'm really hurt, and a stretcher come on, Naden could have been in serious trouble. We saw earlier in the day on Cam Munster, we saw Lewis get sin binned for exactly, exactly the same thing on Cam Munster. And there was no sin bin or talk of it for Naden whatsoever. And there's your try, no try Raiders. Because earlier in the day, and this is Jared Sutton, the number one ref running that match. You know? And he doesn't think oh I've just seen the captain of the Canberra is completely coat hanged by someone it's a penalty but in spite of the fact it's been set that it's a sin bin for an an offence like that Naden doesn't go and report Naden does not get sin binned and two minutes later the Panthers score a freaking try
1: yeah well a lot was made as well of the um Jordan Rapana going into going across the sideline with the, the second man coming in and look to be honest with you I didn't even know that was a rule that the second guy couldn't come in I thought he was still moving but um I I was I thought that was a bizarre decision. I thought there was movement going in there, and I thought they had a perfect. Well, right but to apparently do what they once did. you're on the ground, the second man can't come in. And if you actually see the replay, yeah. when it happens, um, Elliot Whitehead, who we've said is basically the captain of the team these days, and is the one that seems to be communicating the most with the referees, and he straight is. away he knew the rule because straight away he's holding up two fingers to the referee, implying there were two men in that tackle, and you can't actually yeah take him out like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and then and then it was interesting because initially the call was one thing, and then when we went to the, we were challenging, trying to say that the ball had gone back in, but then the, when it went to the video, they said no, no, there were two people. Yeah, there's two people. And, I, don't, I, don't was, I don't think that was, I don't think that was, I don't think that was the most controversial, you know, uh, managed call to try and get a team. No, that's right.
0: Well, and the other thing, and this is the other thing too, it did. The match became a lot closer in the second half because the Raiders got their shit together but we've said already the Panthers are the real deal across the field they look like a well-oiled
1: machine it's Ivan's bus and they're on the bus and it's clear when you play a first half as well i mean you, there's a lot of games where it's like 30 to nil at half time and you think well by rights they should go on and win by yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 and it very rarely happens because when you're at that level in the first half well it's, you're going to come yeah, down yeah. You're going to come down when you've pretty much got the game won by half time. It's hard to maintain that level, and especially against a side that's actually got some sort of pride and sort of backbone. Exactly, in it. So and, you it, know, it, we it, didn't we didn't give up, and we're not going to. And that's one of the things that you know makes us proud to be support the team and yeah. and, follow and the winning team the second half twelve points to two is a hollow victory, but it's some form of something, isn't it? You know, yeah. Look, I didn't turn off the game at any point. I stayed, I stayed, stayed the distance. That makes one of us. <laughs>
0: Really? Yeah, I had done a dummy spit in the third <laughs> try and didn't see the fourth try. I came back in the second half. I, I was getting too angry. I was getting too angry, and I don't have a dog to kick anymore.
1: And you know, was it was it sort of a Craig Bellamy? You sort of get up, storm out, come back in, sit down, get up, storm out. Yeah, no, it turned it off. Go to the kitchen, went, eat some more biscuits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: went and did something else for a little while, then came back when I calmed down a little bit. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was upsetting.
1: I just look at got to halftime and I was just like. Too good, you know,
0: just too good. Yeah, just invested. Anyway, talking about things, we've got the Broncos coming up this weekend, and all manner of crap is flying with the Broncos. It has just come, as we go to recording at the present moment, that 10 Broncos are under breach for going to the Everton Park Hotel a few weeks ago, and there is an investigation which, if it is upheld, 10 players going out will basically mean the Broncos won't be able to field a freaking team. Now, my personal feeling is people saying, worried that it will end the season. I personally just think, no, we just have, you know, they just forfeit the season. They come last. I think that makes everyone happy. Um, And we just, whoever's playing them gets a buy. you shouldn't,
1: the whole season shouldn't be put into jeopardy because one basket case club yeah. has gone into total meltdown. And
0: who's not to say that they just want to get the season forfeited so they don't have a bottom four finish for the first time. They of. don't have the wooden spoon. Yeah, yeah that's it's, right. It's, and, and, you know, we have to be looking at... Well, that's you know, a possibility. Are they just doing this in order to back out sideways so they can say
1: it's not all actually all that bad? Well, it is that bad, Broncos. You're dreadful. Now, you and I both... All that, all that taken into consideration, mm. going into this game on Saturday night, Yeah, I'm still quite nervous. I'm
0: very nervous. You should know. Beware. Last time we met, our 26 22 win in round six last season, where we only just held on was our first win in seven attempts against the Broncos. Beware the baby Broncos. Beware them. They've got no Pango, no Seabold, no Milford. I don't see any of those as minuses. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see any of them as minuses. I mean, they're they're coming in with a side, when you actually look at it, that ain't that bad. And last week, yes, I do know they got run over in the end and they should not, you know, like... um, So they lost 28-10 to the Rabbitohs, but that was run away with in the end. And the week before, they lost to the Sharks where they got run down in the last few minutes and they had no right to lose that, that match. That was an entertaining game. They basically conceded 18 points in the last nine minutes to lose that match and they only ended up losing that match by 10. And they, they should have had that one. They
1: lost to you know a bunch of enthusiastic youngsters which is potentially who, we, who we'll be up against.
0: Yeah, and, and look... You know, the week before that they lost eight forty six to the Storm. The week before that it was forty eight nil. Now all of a sudden they've come back to losing twenty six thirty six, followed by losing twenty eight ten on the road. So I think this is a you're de- like
1: you're like um, Sebold. You're seeing the positives in these. You know, the the, the pendulum swinging upwards. I, I There's think, an
0: upward trend. I think there is an upward trend here. So the front row is Haas, Turpin,
1: and uh, Flegler which you know is not fantastic, but it's, it's certainly pretty handy. If you look at their forward pack, I had a look at the team on paper, if you look at the forward pack, yeah, you've got Haas, yeah. you've got Fafita, you've got Offingawi, you've got Lodge.
0: Yeah, and Ben Teo's come in now. He's a bit fat and old, but he's come into that second row spot, and there's one thing you don't doubt
1: about Ben Teo. He can tackle. Yeah.
0: He's Whereas aggressive. there's one thing about Tavita Pangai that's always been a doubt.
1: He's tackling. Well, that was, that's, and it's come out again uh, during the week I've seen. Mm. It's, it's, the Raiders told him, yeah, that his defence wasn't good enough was and he crap. wasn't going to make it. Every time when he was
0: playing in the under-20s, the side that was playing against us knew wherever Tavita was on the line or we were defending our line, go low around his feet because he never got low enough. The amount of tries I saw score, so, so scored against our under-20 side because Tavita never got down low and everyone knew it. That was the reason he was packed out, because he was a bit of a pain in the arse, but also because um, his defence on the line was abysmal and it still is. 650,000, they've just taken the opportunity the Broncos to get that off their books yeah. and say thank God for that. But their pack of Haas, Turpin, Flegler, T8, Fafita, Carrigan, that's good. That's yeah. a good, good pack there. Um... Look, you've got off and Lodge on the bench who are useful. Useful. you got Corey Pay, and I don't know Ricky. I don't know too much about Jordan Ricky at all. He's a second row. He hasn't played uh, a, a game what yet. What if that
1: guy that um, we were linked to, he's not in the team again?
0: because was... more is on the extended bench. Because he played, we'll, like, we'll he played the him. other week, didn't he? Yeah, he did, um, and he's good. And the halves you got for them, Dearden and Croft, um, who played well. Herbie Farnworth and Katoni Stags. Now, Katoni Stags, as we've all established, ain't going to be no film star, but him and father, <laughs> I, I can't say I've seen the film. Oh, I haven't either, but I've heard reviews which don't sound good. Um, having said that, it was a piece of footage he wasn't aware that was being shot, released by someone without his consent. So I'm hardly going to get up his nose about oh, that. He's done, he's, yeah, he's he's done <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Someone else has been a prick. So um, I, I have great sympathy for Tony Sagan's there. You've got um, Xavier Coates and um, uh, Kenna on the wings. you got Darius Boyd at fullback, who is playing much better at fullback than he's played in any other position. So that's all right. You've got Corey Pay, Ricky Offen, Gawain Lodge, um, finishing off their side. That is an okay side. That's an okay side. We've got the side of Louis Havili Papali. Havili looks like he's he's got over that tricep and he'll be playing. Um, Whitehead and Bateman in the second row. We've got Young at lock. I'd prefer to see, personally, either Ryan Sutton or Tarponay at lock, um, and Young coming off the bench. That's my personal view. Um, don't really have great reason for that, but that's just, I, I think. Like just, I say,
1: I li- I've liked Tarpani off the bench because when not even um, Ricky does too. I just yeah, think- I, th- I think that because when Papali uh, comes off the field, clearly we drop a lot in the pack, and, well, and Tarpani's is- can have an impact when Papali's off we but, don't lose as much
0: and i don't want to see Bateman go into lock cuz i know he could do it but i don't want to mess with his danger on the edge so maybe Whitehead... we need to, his creativity on the maybe edge maybe whitehead to lock and young back into the second row i don't know but but i mean just,
1: but whitehead again has been if just about our biggest attacking threat oh, all yeah, season totally, totally, and
0: so if you move totally. him from that edge i know i don't think he's got a player i think he's got one player of the week but i still think he's he's got to be the front runner for Meninga Metal medal right now I start the campaign I don't... Well, I have been. I, I can't think of anyone else who's... Consistently. R- or Papali. Just, yeah, Papali. Yeah, yeah, okay, Papali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe you How many has he got now? Three already? <laughs> um, we got George Williams and Whiten in the halves, who were due a big one. Got a lift. Scott, I thought, did a lot better last Scott, week. I look, didn't pe- think he was the problem.
1: People are still up and against Scott. And look, when there were better options... Mm. I was in favour of having him move. But as it stands right now, there really isn't any other better option than having him play that centre position. And the last two weeks, he's tried really hard. He's he, hasn't tried hard he hasn't been
0: that bad. He hasn't been that bad. I think you give a bit
1: more we of a shot We can't totally... Yeah, no. if we've got him, Michael if we've, Oldfield's over the hamstring.
0: So, But, yeah, I think we keep going with Scott. Croker, I think, is playing good football. Uh,
1: Rapin is playing great football. I'd like to see Kotcher get more involved, but he's... he's one of the things about football. Croker is... It, and, you know, is the difference in the game against the Cowboys yeah. is... is his goal kicking is back to its best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, his goal kick—he was struggling with his goal kicking. He was. But apparently, he's been really working on it this year, and it's—it's it's good yes. to see. It's. Daryl Halligan its best. has been doing a lot of stuff with yes. him, and
0: apparently, loves working with the club too. So very, very fond of working with Croaks. Um, C and is—I thought that he typified our comeback in the second half. Had some <laughs> errors at the start, and there is—it's a he lot has, of heart to that boy. I know, and
1: look at the times he has had had the yips under the high ball, and, yep. and the theory is you know if you've come back from a compound dislocated finger or whatever you mightn't be that keen on catching bombs as well. Yeah, So hopefully... I if, thought he was pretty good. Yeah, it's one of those ones, though. He's like a lot of players, a confidence player. If you drop the first bomb, well, then yeah. you start looking really shaky. But he did,
0: and then he dug in in the second half. And it was great. Tom Starling off the bench with Tarpon A, Ryan Sutton, They helped Naira.
1: Ricky helped Starling back. Yeah, he did. I'd... I don't know if he was worried that the, the momentum that... The the Panthers were getting through the middle. I mean, that was something that was a real feature of the game. Sort of Ricky alluded yep. to in the yep. in the press conference was the Panthers were making very easy yards up yep, the middle. They were. Uh, and look, I think there's a lot of
0: that. They're tired. You well, we know, we, we like a side that trundled into the ground three hours beforehand, having a nice relax at home against a side who'd been on a bus an hour yeah. previously, and then it basically
1: stretched out. We lacked line speed, but it's one of those things where the lo- the line speed's not there. Well, it's hard to have line speed when you Getting rolled back and and you buggered and yeah, but we the first ten minutes
0: we had all the ball, all of it, literally almost all of it for the first seven. Minutes. And we
1: looked good, but I thought if we don't score some if points we don't here, score, we're in trouble. It's a
0: real boost to the, to it the was, Panthers, and, it was. and they went straight down the other end, and they'd... they did. Had we had we scored in those first moments, and had Naden got sin bin, it might have been a different story. But I think we've agreed the Panthers are the real deal, and we you know it was it was a, a good checkpoint for the side to actually say okay, you know that's that's the standard. You've got to come and meet that. Um, but uh, Havili seems to have got over the injury. Where do you think we can win this match? That's
1: a hard one. I'm not really sure. Look, I, I think
0: grinding it out in the forwards. We're, we're going to have to hold their forwards, and should we do that and we don't give their back line any room to move, uh, I have a feeling we'll be able to strangle them in that regard. I don't see this being a high-scoring event. We're, we're looking at rainfall. It's not much rainfall, but it's enough to make it a bit greasy and it'll be a bit cold. I'd love it if we blew them off the park, but yeah,
1: I'm not confident. I
0: I don't see it. It'd be nice to blow them off the park. I don't see it. I think the Raiders at this stage
1: just have to get a win. We don't look as though we have a huge amount of points in us generally at the moment. I I think the points, should we get them in this
0: match, are going to come through our halves. Our running halves are the ones that are going to do the best damage. So your George Williams and
1: your Jack Whiten, their running games here, I think, are going to be the most important concerns at the moment and you did point out we did score that try with, through George Williams a couple of weeks ago but um, we seem to lack speed and we don't seem to be scoring tries from great distance most of our tries come you know from from the the red zone yeah 22 and then without Hodgson he was sort of our best attacking option in that area well, with either the kick the short kick or the, the, the crash ball yeah so that was the thing against the Panthers against a really good defense when we we just didn't look like scoring. And like well, I said, those only those few tries. I was thinking tries. about this
0: thing, and, and I even thought about talking to the great man himself about these, and then I thought better of it. But I was thinking about, OK, OK, so the Hodgson things there, we like having running halves on either side. That's not the problem. But what we need is a little bit more direction from Hooker, right? So what options do we have for a little bit more from Hooker? Now, obviously, there's, there's a player that's sitting on our extended bench at the present moment who can come in, and that being Sammy Williams, now, so you don't really want to run Sammy Williams at hooker. Right? No, well, you don't want him defending in the middle. No, you don't. Now, Sammy Williams' defence has improved out of sight, and he's a great club man, and he's an organising half. He's not necessarily a ball-running half. He's an organising half, which is a nice thing to bring in at this point. So if you brought him in at number seven and put young George Williams in at number nine, it's just a thought George Williams you can put in the middle. He can make his tackles. He can pass off both sides of his body. He's quick off the Mark Damien Cook style to get out of dummy half fast. He can do his kicking in there. All of a sudden, you've added that attacking boat back and put, putting Britain's beak at the forefront of it's things. Not,
1: it's not the worst idea anyone's ever had, but I don't think that this is the time to do it. And no, probably, I don't think it's the time to do it either. But when we get to a point where we suddenly think, you know what we need to do here? We need to actually have a structured you, and dangerous Do you remember stack. years ago when we thought, maybe Alan Tung would be good at hooker? Didn't work out. Then there was a thought, maybe Josh McCrone would be good at hooker. Didn't work out. out. We're talking a different
0: level of player here. Then, George Williams is a better player in that regard than both of us. Then guys.
1: none of us thought maybe Aiden Caesar would be good hooker, but Ricky Stewart thought maybe Aiden Caesar would be good hooker. So, and that was a disaster as so well. So there, there is it,
0: evidence that he's tried this before. So you bring And it hasn't worked. You bring Yeah, 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 that's because the actual player that we put there didn't work. But George Williams, as the one thing we pointed out at this, can make his one-on-one tackles, can do the hard stuff in the middle. So if he comes up there, all of a sudden you've got some zip, real zip out of, and good ball running straight out of dummy half. Good hands and good kicking all of a sudden in there. So you can't replace Josh Hodgson. That's not possible. You cannot replace Josh Hodgson. But you've got someone who adds the attacking threat. Then you put Sammy in, who doesn't have the defensive game that George Williams has, but does have the organiser, organising half game. So you've actually brought something into the side with Sammy as well as doing something. It's not just robbing Peter to play Paul. And don't forget, when Sammy Williams is playing half, he hasn't been standing next to an Elliot Whitehead or a John Bateman. When he's been doing that, he's all of a sudden you've got a much better Jared defender. Croker with the two white heggies exactly, <laughs> and all of a sudden you've got you know Curtis Scott in one of those spots, and Jared Croker is actually better defender. It's a different thing, and it's just one thing I've been
1: thinking. No, of, anyway. it is a good point because at the start of the year, we went, well we've got two running halves, but it doesn't matter we've got two running uh, two running halves because the fulcrum of our attack is our hooker. Yeah. Well, now we've lost that, and it's like well the halves have to step up, and so can Georgie or, go in there? George have, you can go in there. They probably haven't really stepped up to a great extent since then. You know, had neither of them really taken control of the side. It's still been a bit of a hodgepodge. I, look, I think Whiten does to a large extent. He's got that
0: head up about him. He's he's got a lot of drive. I, I don't mind the way he takes on the game. He's not your vocal leader, but he's your more your daily lead by example. I'd like to see George have more of a say, but I do know this about Sam Williams. He comes off the field horse. Every match. Because he's yelling his guts out. Yeah. And and that's why... And I know everyone's concerns, but he's a great club man, and he never... I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, so let's get to the segment that everyone hangs on for. The extended bench! Who's on the extended bench? So this week we have, on the Raiders' extended bench, we have Sam Williams, Oldfield coming back from his hamstring, we've got Kai O'Donnell, and
1: we've got Frawley. Well, we were talking about Sam Williams, and hasn't he rocketed back into the extended bench calculation and, and not getting he cut off <laughs> it, which is why I'm also thinking
0: that what I'm talking about ain't so wrong. On the extended bench for the Broncos, you got Isaac Luke, um, the old man of the sea. We got Bullimore, who we were talking about having down here. Not sure. I told you
1: about. my Isaac Luke story, didn't, didn't I? Yes, you. One told, time you've out told out everyone to... <laughs> the Isaac Luke story. Everyone. One heard. time I I walked out of the world's filthiest Store, story yeah. taking the bins out, and who was out there? This is leading up to a game. The Warriors were in in town for the whole week playing the Raiders. Who was out by one of the garbage hoppers outside smoking a cigarette just in the middle of the day, Isaac Luke? Yeah, well, there you go. You've got Reese Kennedy uh, in the 20 jumper
0: and you've got Jesse Arthurs in the uh, 21. Um, I I think on on the strength of that, in spite of the experience there of Isaac Luke, I'm going to have to give the extended bench there to the Raiders. Oh, without doubt. I think think it's a better extender. But we have, in fact, in spite of the fact it was a bit of a down week, we do have reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. three. And the first one, of course, is the form of uh, CNK. I, I just thought the way he dug in in that second half and really, really put the fight in and just. Refused to go down is exactly the sort of thing that everyone has seen aside saying there's a person who won't go down. He easy. was
1: taking like multiple hit ups in yeah. sets. Yeah, he decided, coming out of our own end. Buggy, I'm gonna show you. And I, I think he love had 30 runs went, and yeah. uh, uh, close to 300 meters in the end. He oh, went off with cramp again. Uh, a la the grand final. Yeah, yeah, but and that was a bit of a bummer because you know when
0: he went off. Yeah, he had 257 meters, uh, two line breaks. A nine tackle breaks. I mean, that's that's ridiculously good, really. When you you think about that, that's you know really does well in two tries. So you know that's that's why the ten dollar voucher's waiting for you there. C and K, uh, we're back at home. That's another reason to be cheerful. It is back at back at the home ground, so a little bit more relaxed. We're still in the eight, and we're clearly in the eight. Um, we've got a run of three matches now that should we win all of them, the chance of missing the eight are slim to nil.
1: I think we we'll, I think we'll. We'll make, definitely make the eight. top four. It's going to come down to that game against the Roosters. It really is, but I don't. I don't think. I. I think we just have to be winning
0: what we can win at this stage, and accepting that most probably looking at it, fifth or six. fifth fifth spot yeah. or sixth spot is what we're going to do. And We're just going to have to say, look, this side's got a lot of the makings of the Canterbury Bulldogs ninety five side, and they won from outside the top four, last side to do so. I think they can do it too. Um, and the other one is, you know, we all love John Bateman. You know. Bateman, wonderful player. Um, he did not have his best match last week. Beautiful teeth. Beautiful teeth, as Blake's uh, tweet will will come out. <laughs> Bateman's gonna have a good match this week. Ah, uh, he will, because he he's gonna have looked at that tape and he won't be happy, you know. And you know, one thing about him, he might not always have the best match, but he never dies wondering. No, no he's no, always trying. There's never a lack of effort, you know. Sometimes things don't go right, but there's never a lack of effort. Johnny the boy, he's gonna have a big match. Um, and I've got a, uh, but also, you know. The the other segment we need to do is who's got a lift? Ooh. Well, who's got a lift this week is John Bateman. You know, it's a reason to be cheerful that you're going to have a blinder, but you've got to go and have a blinder, Johnny boy. He so, will. He will. Come on, Johnny. Go. Come on, Johnny.
1: Um, I uh, want to introduce a new segment before we go as okay, well. A new segment. And this is. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be. Someone's got to be accountable for this. And so there's got to be an investigation into the surface at Townsville. I mean that was oh absolutely my God, appalling. God how bad was that. That was absolutely appalling. It was a la Campbelltown. Mm. As bad as that. Campbelltown is a crappy council ground that yeah, had been played multiple games every masses weekend. Of games. It had
0: an excuse falling apart. This
1: this Townsville Stadium is a brand new three hundred million dollar taxpayer funded stadium that's mm. had one game every two weeks on it for the last eight weeks or whatever it mm. is. When uh it was now annou- when the, the stadium was announced, some local company I found the the story online, trumpeted that they had you know this world-class surface and facilities. It was appalling. It fell to pieces. Absolutely disgraceful. It was it was a dreadful, dreadful ground, yeah. There's got to be an investigation.
0: Yeah. There's got to be an investigation. Someone's really got to go after this. Someone's got to be held accountable. Someone's got to <laughs> be held accountable. Um, listener of the week, Marty Owen at M-O-W-I-N-70. Marty Owen, long-time listener. You are the listener of the week, Marty.
1: And, Blake, have you got uh, any predictions for us? Have you got any Blake Stradamus? I think we need to sign an outside back. Is that is that a prediction? No. I'm I'm, I'm predicting Oliver Gildart to the Raiders in 2021. Ooh, the English player, Gildart. He's put himself on the market. Has he now? I've said before we lack pace, he has pace. The only concern about Oliver Gildart is he's been leaked to the Warriors this week, but then now they've gone and signed Ewan and Aiken. So And they've signed Nathan Brown. <laughs> oh they've signed Nathan Brown, the, as coach. The, the, I, was, I was thinking for a moment they've signed Nathan Brown from Parramatta then. No, no. The someone, volatile lock forward. Yeah, someone was saying that it wasn't you know, like it wasn't a good match. I
0: don't know. They sack coaches all the time. They've got a history of hiring people who've been sacked previously and then sacking them. Well Nathan, Nathan Brown's Brown, a
1: great match. Nathan Brown used to coach in the super league and in fact one of Ricky's mates suggested Josh Hodgson to, to Ricky Stewart and probably had something to do with, um, with some of the other English players as well. Olive Gildart, he's the, the centre from Wigan, obviously played with Bateman and um, George Williams and Ryan Sutton. Very explosive attacking player. My concern is he's not that big. 85 kilos is not very big for a centre in the NRL. Whether you want to put size in whether you can or not, I don't know. Traditionally the forwards that have come over from uh, Super League have done well, whereas the outside backs yeah, have, have, have struggled. Have struggled. And generally what I've seen with the backs have struggled is because they don't have the size. Oh except so Ryan Hall who does have the size but somehow still struggles. Too slow. <laughs> yeah maybe too slow. He came came here too late and then he did his knee and just yeah. t- he left it too late. He was a gun player and Ellery Super Hanley didn't struggle. No. We are stretching back a bit there though, aren't we? Um, he was very, very good. And so, Olive Gildart to the Raiders. That's right, my that's, that's my prediction.
0: Well, my Blake Dramas is for this week. Because we do Max.
1: need to sign. This might be a bit of wishful thinking, but we do need to sign an outside back, I think, for next year. I think you're with right. With country gone. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's some players coming through and there's some depth there, but we need, we need an outside we, back. Need, we need someone with a bit of bit of flair. A bit of flair, yeah, yeah. And Gildart's got that flair, but yeah, whether or not he would be targeted defensively, whether that's my only question mark over him. But obviously, if he's looking to come to the NRL, which he is, and he's got an agent, hes I think it's Sam ayub he's employed to handle his affairs, and he's been linked with the Warriors. I mean, obviously, coming to Canberra, where he's got some of his best Wigan mates already here, mm. is, you know, we've struggled to attract players. Well, that's where we've got the ace. Yeah, that we do have the ace in that regard. No, that's very good.
0: Anyway, my porkstradamus for this week is the Raiders will grind out a very narrow win against the Broncos, which will have us all on the edge of our seats. But we'll say two points, <clears> that'll do. And uh, we'll all be happy with some miraculous save that someone does at the end of it to, to rescue it. Um, but
1: that's my porkstradamus. May, maybe another dynamo strip strip. in the
0: 80th minute. 80th minute. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Lake and the Pohawk. Lake and the Pohawk.